to Japan by River Cruise. I am your host, Bobby Judo, calling in from southwestern Japan. Hello, welcome to Japan by River Cruise. I am your host, Ollie Horn, calling in this time from Berlin. I totally forgot about you. Uh, <laughs> Here so we've I am. Got a, uh, we, we're going to do it together as always, and we've got a great show lined up <laughs> on this show. We'll be talking about the recent. On this show, we'll be talking off to a great start. Talking about maybe I should recent, be the host. <laughs> okay, you do it. We're going to be talking about the recent news item which Bobby prepared and didn't send me the link for. Bobby, what's the item? <laughs> the recently released city ranking, best cities in Japan. Uh, and as always, we've got your River Cruise recommendation for this week, right, Ollie? Yes, this week I'm going to be recommending a ninja-themed river cruise that runs through Kitakyushu's longest river. We ask whether the see no ninja, sorry no refund policy is fair. Mm. Also, the Japanese River Cruise Association is asking for submissions for its first ever Yudukera mascot design contest. The only requirements are that the mascot design be family-friendly, River Cruise-themed, and double as a life raft, just in case. More on that later in the show, but first, Soap Talk. <laughs> question, why do we call it Soap Talk? We call it Soap Talk because I cannot let go of the way you mispronounce the phrase uh, small talk in Japanese. Oh, um, sekenbarashi. Yep, that, I feel like that was a little closer, but it's still still a little too soapy. So, uh, Thanks, Bobby. Yeah. How's your week been? Good. I had Sunset Live, which is one of my favorite jobs uh, of the entire year. It's an outdoor music festival that runs for a full weekend here in Fukuoka, and uh you know this because you attended it with me when we were doing our stand-up comedy in Japanese. And yeah, we did, we've, uh, we've, co we've covered this before, Reggae Babies. Yeah, the Reggae Babies uh, venue was the Sunset Live venue. But um, Yeah, it's a great festival, isn't it? It's like, it's beautifully picturesque. It's quite reasonably priced. Uh, I remember the music being sensationally good. I remember Suchmoz being just, like, just absolutely yeah. rocking it. Uh, yeah, it seems like... I think three, four years in a row and they killed it every year until they got too big and now I think they're probably too famous to come to this one but uh but we got a lot of great artists this year good lineup um and as always I was uh one of three or four MCs who kind of like we wrote rotate around stages I don't know if you remember the first year uh that you were there when they had like all the MCs on one stage getting ready to kick off the festival they were like all right and now Bobby's gonna scream in English and I was like <laughs> <laughs> in Japanese I was real real clearly I was like ah so I like I was like, oh, right. oh yeah, that's why I'm here. This is I, I'm just the white guy to say do. something. Yeah. So is that what you're doing? Is everyone having a good time? Are you ready? But no, um so I usually do but You do more than that though. Don't you like talk about the music and stuff? I was always quite impressed that you actually knew the bands and stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Uh it's it's more more than talking about the bands, what you have to do is kind of do all the uh, announcements for the venue. Like, it was really hot, so a lot of reminding people to drink water, asking people to buy the uh, the official products, like the t-shirts and the towels and things like that. A lot of shit. <laughs> now, listen, it's, it's, it's very, very, very hot, so make sure you have a towel. Specifically, <laughs> we, we formulated... Actually, the towels are cool. I remember we got a, I got a free towel, and I still have yeah. it. It's great. Cool yeah, towel. yeah. yeah. But uh, and then just kind of like getting getting the audience worked up to bring the artists on. Um, and whenever I get to do a stage by myself, whenever like 
the schedule is set up so you know one person's on the palm stage one person's on the beach stage uh, by the way for the context this this is a proper festival right so like these are big stages you know there's yeah. thousands of people yeah 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 um but occasionally like depending on if someone has a relationship with a certain artist they want to go up on that stage or the older MCs. i'm not going to mention anybody by name but i could mention that, one that that you've worked with on the radio extensively yeah smiley yeah yeah we always do it together and uh anytime he and I have to do the uh, same stage. It's incredibly hard to work with him because he does this thing that certain Japanese people in the entertainment industry do when they're dealing with foreigners. And I know he's done this to you a million times. He'll jump into nitpick pronunciation. And this wasn't even, it wasn't even on stage. We were having like the MC meeting behind, uh, in the backstage area. And, uh, I bought donuts for everybody, and one of the donuts was kurumi flavored, which is walnut flavored, but I guess he was not happy with how I was saying kurumi. And so like in the middle of the MC meeting, he was like, it's not kurumi, it's kurumi. Like exactly like I, I do to you for a second. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but like... But we do it because it's funny. We he do he it. does it because it's a power move. Yeah, and the, the thing is, I think he kind of thinks he's being funny, but there's no right answer to that. Like my, my first instinct is to try to say it the correct way that he is attempting to teach me how to say it. But I've learned that there are some things in like Japanese pronunciation that I just don't have an ear for. Yeah. And, and they can be like, it's, it's like, you don't have to be perfect. I'm not trying no! to be perfect. Man, if I were you, I would have just refused him a donut. Like, oh, sorry, mate. That's it. Now you've just forfeited your chance to get a delicious curry donut. Yeah. But so he, he, he was correcting me on kurumi and I tried it his way like two or three times. And then he was like, no, it's not kurumi. It's kurumi. And it's not kurume. It's kurume. And like, I couldn't even hear the difference, but he kept kind of throwing out different words. And it got to the point where it's like, what is the correct response to this? And so instead mm. I just, I was just like, hi. <laughs> and it, <laughs> just and it, take the win. No, Bobby, Bobby, it's not hi, it's hi. I see. I don't know what to do with that, and it just kills. Oh, it's it awful, isn't kills it? Kills the momentum. It totally. He's done it to you a bunch of times on air, oh, hasn't he, he? He did it on air, yeah. I mean, and and like, and sometimes it was like what the whole report was about. So it was very, very clear that like I would be, you know, it's very clear what I was talking about, even if yeah. my pronunciation wasn't perfect. And he'd stop me in my tracks. The other trick that he used was often when you're doing a back and forth with so so i was i was a roving reporter typically so i'd be outside the studio and what would happen is they would have a script and they would they would feed me questions which i would have pre-prepared answers to because yeah. obviously i'm going to this location sometimes like 10 minutes before we're on air obviously i'm not preparing anything i don't actually know what i'm talking about typically it's been prepared for me and i just read it out right or if right, i'm right. there right and so what he'll, he will he would deliberately ask me an early doors question that he knew I wouldn't have a pre-prepared answer for. And sometimes would even make me question whether, like, on air, whether I was even talking about the right thing. Right. You know, like, he'd even say, like, Ollie, do you even know what? I remember I did, I did one on, um, oh, what are they called in English? Tenji broku. How would you say that in English? The, 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 the blocks which are, which blind people use to navigate themselves. Oh, What um, are they called? The... I, they're like a textured raised part of the sidewalk. I'm not sure what the word right. is for it in English. Anyway, in, in Japanese, it's tenji broku. Yeah. And he he basically somehow got me to admit on air that I didn't know what a tenji broku was, even though that's what the entire report was, was about. And right. he asked me the question in such a way that I couldn't possibly 
he was he obviously used a different word, a different way of saying it, and like and, then, and like you said, like there's no there's no way of getting out of it where you come out on top. Right, no, right. actually, where the conversation as a whole comes out on top. Yeah, uh, where there's no, there's just, no yeah. benefit to the conversation. I think he does it because he thinks it's banter, but mm. he doesn't realize that there's no there's no good way to banter back. It's just like allowing him to. It is. It really is just like on the deeper level. It's a power move. Yeah. Well, the, I remember one time I was in the studio with him, uh, and at that point, I because obviously you can see him face to face. I found it a bit easier. I just said, "All right, mate, let's do a little uh, an little English tongue twister," um, and obviously just destroyed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and you know, he, he but I don't know. He, I, I actually think. I mean, We've mentioned his name, so uh, I'm happy to say I do actually really like him. And uh, by pure coincidence, I was doing a preview of Pig in Japan, The Good Heavens, in Tokyo, and I was putting uh, my my own poster outside the venue because that's the the level of fame I've reached. And uh, he was ever so sweet. In he took a load of flyers and he said, "I'm going to distribute these," uh, which obviously he he couldn't have done. Uh, but uh, yeah, he bumped into me in the street a, a good year after I finished working with him, yeah. uh, and he was genuinely curious to know what I was up to and did seem supportive. So I do think actually he does, he, he likes the fact that he's been working with us, with foreigners. I think so too. I think it's symptomatic of this thing where in the entertainment industry, certain people in the industry only know how to react and interact with foreigners in one way. And that's to engage directly with their foreignness and nothing else. And sure. part of that is, is making it all about linguistics. And the funniest thing I've ever had happen to me when I was working with somebody like that was we went to do uh a piece on a certain kind of cabbage that they raise in this place called uh, Wakamatsu, where they have like the ocean wind is like blowing through these cabbage fields and, and Im imbuing all this cabbage with these minerals. And the guy said in Japanese, mineralu ga hofu, which is it's packed full of minerals. And the yeah. talent that I was working with at the time turned to me and said, Bobby, do you know Japanese mineralu? <laughs> I was like, Mineral is an English word, you dumb, dumb motherfucker. Uh, it's awful, isn't it? <laughs> but it's, it well, really is. It's that like that but, but, one, one aspect of who you are as a person that that's all that they have to work with. And I think but so, really, so, sometimes it's true though. Like my my nickname on air was not Ollie Horn but Ollie Hanzubon, right? And I didn't know the words Hanzubon. Yeah, Ollie uh, short pants. Ollie short pants. Yeah, because it, it vaguely rhymes with horn and. Uh, at the end of my report, uh, Smiley was just like, Ollie, I don't like your name. And I was like, okay, well, it's the only name I've got. You know, what do you want to do? And he went, um, I think Ollie Hanzubon is cuter. And I, and this was like live on air. So obviously I was nervous. And so I didn't challenge it. I went, all right, I'm Ollie Hanzubon from now on. Then off air, I had to Google what on earth my nickname now was. Yeah. Uh, I suppose if I'd thought about it, I would have worked out what Hanzubon is. But, you you know, it's just, just comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? Right. Uh so I mean, when there's absolutely so, no context, it's yeah, like, it's yeah you're right. something it, in the moment. It, exactly, there's no way I could have possibly got. Oh yeah, Ollie short pants, uh, and yeah, that just that just stuck. And you know, so to be fair, I didn't I didn't know the name, uh, Bobby. I, I'd like to um, I'd like to talk about the fact that we've got another uh, linguistic problem, uh, which is that all of our mail seems to come from uh, someone with just one name. Uh, we've received another uh, message. Uh, to japanbyrivercruise.com uh, where there's a button where you can give your cruise feedback which we resent uh, every time that it's pressed. Did we get uh, another and, Brian? Yeah, and, and this time it, uh, the name, see, like you, you're allowed to submit your name, right? And the name was another Brian in Fukuoka. Is it actually another Brian? or Because I know for a fact that there are two. 
Okay, well, I mean, I'm not going to read. I'm not going to read you the email address out on air. Did you the know, other Brian's have know, a three in it in I the do, email address? I don't know. But here's what yeah. I what occurred to me just now is I think that you know how like certain artists or certain groups have names for their fan bases. You know, like Justin Bieber's got the <laughs> Believers and like Hoodie Allen has a Hoodie Mob. I think that the Japan by River Cruise fan base should be the Brian's from now on. Uh, it, Good afternoon, Brian's. They, they sound like losers. Because <laughs> Brian, right, is listening to this with a, a with his second can of Haichu. Uh, no, not Haichu. Sorry, Haichu is a... That shows how out of the game I am. I, 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 that was, that's candy, isn't it, Haichu? Haichu is a candy sweet. and Chuhai is an alcoholic drink. And I make that same mistake all the time. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. that makes me feel all right then. Uh, anyway, so Brian, bless him, uh, is on his second uh, Chuhai. Um, what's he doing? He, he, I think he commutes to his Aikaiwa by bus. Well, uh, let's, let's stop bashing the Bryans because they are now <laughs> what we call our fans. So <laughs> what is, I mean, he's got to know that we don't want messages. What does the message say? Hey, I was standing around an international party when a girl I was chatting up mentioned your show. I put down my paper plate and pulled out my phone for a listen. It's shit. Thanks, Brian. Thank you, Brian. Um, so... I know we discourage people from sending messages uh, pretty regularly and pretty heavily, but I've got to say um, I really appreciate this message. I think if we got more messages like this, we might enjoy getting messages uh, yeah. from from our Bryans. Um, I love it. I mean, it's great to know that uh, a girl at an international party knows about our podcast. And is actively recommending it. Yeah. Cool, Mentioning cool, cool. the show. Thanks. Uh yeah, it sounds like a great party, Brian. Paper plate. Um, also, the way that Brian describes this is Brian pulled out his phone for a listen during the party. Uh, so so deeply disengaged was his interlocutor that he decided to defer uh, the English banter to us, the professionals, uh, on on his phone, on loudspeaker. <laughs> Just like, this is, there you go, these are my foreign friends. Uh, Brian, uh, thanks a lot for sending that message. Uh, we... We have read out uh, on, on the podcast, uh, resentfully, um, but we're glad that you didn't arrogantly recommend another cruise. Uh, if you, Brian, are listening to this podcast and you decide that you now want to get in touch, Brian, this is what you need to do. Go to japanbyrivercruise.com, click on the button which says something like cruise suggestions. We'll just call it the Brian box from now on. I think and... we need to actually adjust it on the homepage so it's a little bit yeah. more Brian friendly. Because <laughs> Brian, let's be honest. He's depressed, and he doesn't want to have to wade through <laughs> layers and layers of irony in order to get in touch. Brian's a busy, busy guy. Uh, he needs to get to the local uh, ward office uh, to make sure that he can put his hanko in before his wife does, so he gets uh, custody of the kids. So, Brian, um, <laughs> uh, looking forward to receiving your messages at japanbyrivercruise.com. Bobby, let's hear some news. Right, so uh, every year a list of Japanese cities uh, ranked by their quality is, is released, and it just came out again this year. And uh, so, but, yeah, the list is for the best cities outside of Tokyo. Um, like, so, so I love first of all that this is operated under the premise that Tokyo is the best city in all of Japan. Like, that's the first thing that caught my attention. It's like, Tokyo Man, is I should just, do this. It's a given that Tokyo is the best. So besides Tokyo, which ones are the best cities? And I thought that was funny. I, I, I and should then, rank good-looking men. 
All the good-looking <laughs> men that aren't Ollie Horn, okay? So they're all, all together. Well, of course, that like I read the first sentence of the article, and it's exactly that. It's among Japanese 72 major cities outside of Tokyo, Kyoto retained its top spot as the metropolis, blah, 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 according to a Tokyo-based think tank. <laughs> it absolutely is Ali Horn going, I'm going to tell you who all the best looking guys other than me, of course. And also, how cheeky is this? That like Kyoto was the capital till Tokyo wormed its way in, like barely a couple of centuries ago. Yeah, and like, yeah, this yeah. is just this is their way of like properly cementing, uh, what, you know, what what a dick move. Yeah. And also, what, what are they ranking it for? Okay, so similarity I'll get, to Tokyo. <laughs> I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but uh, the top three, uh, all all the top three spots are exactly the same as last year, and. Guess what? Fukuoka is number two. After Kyoto? Yeah, Kyoto, Fukuoka, Osaka are the top three. This is from the uh, the Tokyo-based Tokyo. Mori Memorial Foundation's Institute for Urban Development. Um, yeah, like, I, I feel like they should just be a little bit more upfront about how how uh, arrogant they're being. <laughs> just say Kyoto <laughs> ranks number two. Like, just don't, <laughs> yeah. don't start the list. Just leave number one completely off the list and start it at Zero, number two. Zero, one, <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, so, they, uh, they analyze... I don't know what the criteria are. <coughs> they analyze... <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't want to hear your coughs, Bobby. I, meant, I told you. I want to hear the criteria, please. Each city's characteristics and gave a score based on six criteria. Economy and business, research and development, cultural interaction, daily life and livability, environment and accessibility. That seems like a lot more than six, but they're they're coupling. So like yeah. the business sphere, the the cultural sphere, livability, environment, accessibility, and then research and development. I wonder like what do they look at in terms of like? Well, on Roller Coaster Tycoon, which I completed when I was younger. Uh, research and development meant that you had like different ki- kinds of benches and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I want to know what livability means because uh, uh, whenever okay. I... Research and development factors in the number of top colleges, submissions of research papers, and the presence oh, right. of global specialist firms. Oh, so, so it's a stupid metric then. Yeah. Not benches. It was not, no, not benches. surprisingly not benches. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, first, first admit it. Who would have thought I mean, that Bola I mean, Tycoon would let you down like that? I think Rollercoaster Tycoon uh, developed my entrepreneurial skills because I found that when it's raining, people will buy an umbrella at any price. So it recommended you sell the umbrellas for $2 and you could sell them for uh, $20. And basically that's the same principle as people that sell uh, butabara at the Yakiniku stand at a festival. 600 yen for a bit of meat on a stick. While yeah. I'm there, yes yeah, please. Yeah. Uh, demand, man. So, so livability. So whenever I told people I was living in Fukuoka, Fukuoka, they would go, ah, it's a very a sumiyasui place to be. A very sumi- and also, sumiyasui. When it's people, easy to when live we, in. Yeah, when people say to me, what do you like about Fukuoka? My stock answer was, well, it's a sumiyasui. And that's what also, I would say. The, that's my stock answer about Japan. People are like, you must love mean? Japan. And I'm like, yeah. But from your perspective, it just means you're not shot. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the the main thing. I don't get shot, as we've discussed in previous episodes. Um, but also, I think it's relatively easy to attain a pretty high standard of living. Um, I, was, I was talking to a friend, of, a friend of mine named Brian. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. And, uh, and he, hey, Brian. he said, he said uh, we were talking about raising kids and the, uh, the prospect of raising kids back in the States. And he said, um, he said in I Japan. I call my firstborn. <laughs> in Japan, there's a real, there is just like any, any country, there's a, a lower class, a middle class, and an upper class. But he said there is a certain quality of life that is equally attainable to everybody even if you're in lower class, even if you're in middle class, even if you're the elite. I mean, you still have access to high-quality health care, uh, yeah. good public transportation, uh, good food, and sanitary living conditions. There's a, a base quality of life that's very high, and it's much easier to attain than it than it is like in the United States. And he was saying well, he wouldn't want to yeah. go back because with his financial situation, like, like he didn't feel – he felt like you had to be rich – to have a decent quality of life in the United States. Right. I mean, I mean, we can't deny the fact there is absolute abject poverty in some parts of Japan, particularly rural Japan, where like schools are closing. You have children that have to maybe take a bus for 90 minutes to two hours to go to a school that is potentially underfunded. And that, that, no, 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 no. I mean, oh, man, yeah, I mean, I... but that is not abject poverty. I mean, abject poverty is like you don't have enough to eat. It's like uh, you don't have, sure. a, you don't have a, a clean, safe, enclosed place I... to live. I, I think mean, poverty I is not direct access to to a school without having a right on a bus. Sure, I was well, I was giving just one example. Well, yeah. I, I do. Th- I, I am. I'm confident that there are people that are living below what we call the bread line, or I guess in Japan it's the rice line, uh, because Saga was going to do a documentary on uh, basically f- like families who have lived in this like perpetual cycle of poverty and how local industry is helping to like rejuvenate and like provide job opportunities and training and kind of and so I mean certainly our neighbouring prefecture of Saga does have people who are struggling to feed their kids and have to rely on like state handouts and that kind of thing okay i'm not i'm gonna preface this by saying i'm not informed about this whatsoever but i would bet money that there are much worse <laughs> problems with poverty Cla- in america classic than there mi- are. classic middle class response there but <laughs> there are i would bet there are people that can't eat there are people that can't eat well i'm gonna gamble uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, so, I, I, and when I win money, I will, I will donate it to a food bank. Uh, <laughs> and, I'm, and if I'm you just, lose money, you'll take some money for a food bank. Undoubtedly, <laughs> undoubtedly, uh, I think you're right. The kind of the, the baseline in Japan, I think most most people, uh, no matter where in the country they're born, do have access to relatively nutritious foods. Do have access to state handouts yeah. uh, at, at a much higher higher rate than. Let me rephrase it like this: I, I think people like me and you and Brian. Uh, if we were to go and live in America, we would be lower class. I'd love that. The same amount of yeah, we would be the same with the same amount of income, the same level of income I'm making currently. I would not be able to afford nearly as decent a quality of life as I do in Japan. Yeah, if sure. I were back in the states. Yeah, and and that is true. Like, that you genuinely can. You can have a lovely restaurant meal for five hundred yen. Yeah. I can't. I can't genuinely can't think of a of an eatery in San which is like five dollars. Five dollars yeah. or like three to four pounds, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the, the other things that I quite liked about Fukuoka's livability uh, was how easy it was to get out of it. I mean, the, the fact that the airport is so crazy close to the city center, kind yeah, of yeah, freakily yeah. close. Uh, but I don't know. My my uh, my point with these rankings is surely, like, it depends, right? <laughs> like, if you're someone that needs to live in a city that has something and doesn't have it, then it's not not a good city for you. Like, yeah. shouldn't these be, like, a livable city for young professionals or a livable city for the elderly or a livable city? It just put, putting it in general terms seems to make no sense to me at all. Yeah, I mean, they do seem like they broke down the criteria pretty specifically, but I don't know if 
I mean, there's no way to say it's blanket for everybody in every demographic. But Kyoto, one of the reasons that it, it ranked number one again on the sorry that we're not Tokyo City list is um, <laughs> it, the it's Tokyo Wannabe list. The number one spot in the cultural interaction category, which includes the level of friendliness toward foreign travelers. Uh, and the preparation of tourist information centers and hospitals offering multilingual support, as well as the number of luxury hotels. Yeah, well, that's probably true for Kyoto, isn't it? I mean, there's so many incredible... And actually, one thing I would say about Kyoto is they were really ahead of the curve. Like, I think they were the first to introduce a special bus fare for foreigners. Because, you know, there's yeah. like, the, the, like... Kyoto doesn't really have a very good train system, right? It's mainly about the bus. I think they were the first to introduce that kind of, like, one ticket that, takes, that can let you go on all the buses. Because, like... The, the locals were getting so fed up of foreigners getting the wrong ticket, spending the wrong price. And so they were like, listen, we're just going to fine all foreigners 500 yen and we're going to let you use all the buses. So rather than like paying 100 yen each time and getting it wrong, we'll, right. just, we'll just presume you're going to take loads of buses, charge you five bucks and just waive it. Um, so, yeah, I think they were pioneers in that regard. Uh, oh, I, I will say that um, they're also extremely tolerant because like there wasn't there's was a report of um, a... I mean, I'm going to say Chinese because that's how it was reported, but it just seems so predictable. Uh, yeah. A Chinese lady allowing, allowing her son to take a dump at King Kakuji. Have you seen this? Uh, um, I, I vaguely remember seeing something about this. This is a while back, then, though, right? Yeah, yeah, but they're but like, you know, they didn't respond by doing what you should do, which is like, all right, guys, you're not allowed here anymore. This is too... I <laughs> know, oh, it wasn't King Kakuji. It was the one which with um, the 13 stones where you can only see 12 and a half. Oh, the, them, 13 the, the rock garden one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what's that called? Shin, oh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> That's one thing for sure, Bobby. No one, no one knows the name. No of one that, knows. Uh, temple. Yeah. Uh, and it's like beautifully raked, and then someone just decided to take a dump on it. So if you're tolerant of that, I think you can uh, you can safely say that you are foreigner friendly. <laughs> Kyoto, that should be their new strapline. Kyoto, come and take a dump on us. <laughs> if Tokyo won't let you. That's actually that's I think uh, Rapongi's catchphrase. Rapongi. <laughs> <laughs> No, Rapunky is, we take a dump on you. <laughs>